light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but it came, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses... Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the right, who is at the Father's right, Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would, uh, you would open our eyes. Jesus, you are the light. You are the life. And only you can reveal truth to us, your children. And so, God, I pray that uh, our, our minds, our hearts will be receptive to the truth because, Jesus, you are the truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And we need your words, Lord Jesus. We need your presence. We need your Holy Spirit to be uh, our teacher in this place this morning. Be glorified. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, a little bit of review from last week. Again, Jesus, Paul, John is the apostle. He's the last remaining apostle. He's writing this, uh, this, uh, this gospel uh, in his 80s or 90s. Uh, so he is a seasoned apostle. He has seen it all. And uh, it's important that before he leaves this earth that you and I truly know who Jesus is. And so last week we looked at verses 1 through 3 and verse 14 and verse 18. We covered a lot uh, over that uh, those 18 verses. But the first thing that John wanted to see is that Jesus is the eternal God. Okay, he existed before the beginning of time. Uh, the word was means to be. Uh, he was existing before anything was ever created. Jesus wasn't, uh, didn't, wasn't created. Okay, he was creator. And, uh, and so John is revealing to us, showing us that he is the eternal God. He has always been. And then he, and he mentions that, uh, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And who is the Word? Verse 14. 
Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus became the human God. Okay? And, uh, and so we pointed that out. And uh, also, uh, John says in uh, verse 18 of John chapter 1, not only was uh, Jesus God and Jesus was the human God, but John says he was the only God. Now, what does John mean by that? He was only God. Isn't there God the Father? So do we worship two gods? No. There's only one God who manifests himself as God the Father and God the Son and also as the Holy Spirit. But we're, John is revealing to us in these first 18 verses the mystery of the Trinity. The Trinity is a real thing. God is three persons in one God. He manifests himself, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we read God's word, we see God manifesting himself in these three different ways. But in verse 18, it's very clear. God says, Jesus is the only God. And this word was God, and this word was with God. And so we see God the Father and God the Son in this text. And then in verse 3, John tells us that Jesus is the creator God, that all things were made by him, both physical and spiritual. We'll be getting into the spiritual a little bit this morning as well. But uh, whatever is seen or unseen, it was all made by God. No, so Jesus is God. He's not a God. You know, there's some cults out there today who have, uh, in verse 1, and the word was a God, they say. And the people who interpret it that way, the cults that interpret it that way, are the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons to fit their narrative. Okay? But that is not what John is declaring to us this morning. Jesus wasn't a little God. No, he was God. And he was God who came, came flesh. All right? And so... It's important that we know that. Now, what else do we learn about God in this text this morning? Um, I want to say this before we get into verse 4, okay? Um, Christians, Christians think differently than the rest of the world. As believers in Christ, as we understand God's word, as we embrace Genesis chapter 1 and fully believe that God created all of this, God gives you and I a biblical worldview. And through this biblical worldview, we, we're, we, we see things differently than a secular word. Uh, sees things because we believe and know that God created it all. Now, the culture, secular culture, they don't believe that. And in fact, what is what the secular culture today believes in this postmodern world? I mean, we've we've uh, we've drifted 
far from God's truth, okay? Before the 15th century, um, everyone pretty much uh, believed that there was a God, and God created everything that we, we, um, that existed. But then came the modern age, and then the postmodern age, and it is postmodern age. We don't believe truth anymore. You know, everything is relative. You know, if, if, if something works for you, then that must be your truth. We don't pay attention to this book. We deny that God, God exists in this, cultural, in this culture of ours today. And in this culture, they believe in monism. What is monism? Monism, it believes that all things have evolved from a from one source over time. If you just take it all, strip it all down, we all come from one thing. And in monism, they don't like distinctions or differentiations. Now, in one sense, that's true. In one, in one sense, we have all been created in the image of God. And when God sees us, he sees us as equal. He loves all people. Every life matters and is precious in the eyes of God. And that is true. We all come from God. God has created every one of us. But the big difference is that we didn't, in getting here, we didn't evolve. We were created by him. In monism, we're just all here by accident. But in creation, in the biblical worldview, we have been created by him. Verse 3 is very, very clear. Jesus is the creator. Jesus has created all things. And when Jesus created, he created binary categories. Binary categories. God thinks and God created in binary categories. This is an irrefutable reality. Now, what do I mean by binary categories? Light and darkness, male, female, truth, lies, heaven, hell, life, death, God, Satan. God thinks in binary terms. And when it comes to Jesus' creation in the binary and Jesus making male and female, Jesus said on the end of the sixth day, it is very good. And there is a difference between a male and a female. And God did that on purpose. And not just with man and woman, but... In all of creation, why did he do that? Because he wanted things that he had created to be able to reproduce after those, their 
own kind. So God created uh, things to be binary. Now, again, in the Western world, for the first 1,500 years after Christ was born, people much people pretty much believed the book. But now in this postmodern world, skepticism reigns. They don't believe in God. They all believe they, they believe that everything evolved and originated from a single source. And there is no difference about us. We are all the same. And about three years ago, those different worldviews collided big time over a bathroom. Government and some businesses decided that we don't need bathrooms for men and women anymore. We're all the same. And boy, did the sparks fly. See, in monism, they don't like differentiation. They don't, they don't acknowledge differences. Everything is the same. But when God created, he created categories. He created man and woman. And he said it was very good. So, given that, let's look at verse 4. I want to read verses 4 through 10 again. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. True light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. So here John says in verse 4 that Jesus is both the life and the light. Um, Let me say this as uh, I get into verse 4 this morning. We've looked at Jesus as the eternal God. Jesus is our, uh, our creator God. And I want to say this this morning. John's pointing this out to us this morning. Jesus is our polarizing God. Polarizing God. You know, people have said about the life of Jesus, Jesus was probably the most polarizing person who ever lived. And I would say that's probably true. Jesus says this in John fifteen eighteen. Jesus explained, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before you. So here God has come into the world, and John is declaring to us 
in verse 4 that Jesus is the life and Jesus is the light. Life for a second. Jesus is the light. That word for light in Greek is zoe. That means that he is the essence of life. He's not talking about bio. He's not talking about someone who just actually lived. No, he's talking about Jesus being the essence of what life is all about. And outside of Jesus Christ, there's death. You either have life in him, or you are spiritually dead outside of Christ. This is what the Word of God teaches. Life and death. What are these? Binary categories. And John is telling us that Jesus is the life. Not only is he the life, the essence of life, but he's also the light. And what the light means is that he is the source of all light. And when we see his light, we become the life that he intended for us to live. John says, he is the life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus is the source of life. And outside of Jesus exists, outside of Jesus' light exists darkness, okay? Outside of his life, we live in spiritual darkness. We live in spiritual death. And yet this light who has come is Jesus. And it is only Jesus. Now in monism, monism believes that, no, Jesus isn't life. He doesn't exist. Monism believes that the light is already in you. That basically man is good. And we need to trust his goodness. And the light already exists in people. That's the prevailing myth of monism. And we've seen it on display in the last few weeks, haven't we? In the city of Seattle, haven't we? You know, they've been having a little love fest in the city of Seattle. Okay? Those aren't protesters who have evil hearts, who are in rebellion. No. They're good people. And they're just having a little love festival right now. And how's that turned out? And why has it turned out in chaos, in disruption, and confusion, and death? Because that's the heart of man who has rejected God, who do not have the life of Jesus Christ and the light of Jesus Christ ruling and reigning in them. The light doesn't come from within us. The light is something that you and I must receive. 
And in God's binary term, if you don't have the life and the light, we're talking about spiritual death and spiritual darkness. This is the word of God. Church, we live in a very dark world today, both politically and relationally and spiritually, because we have rejected the life and the light. God knew a long time ago that he needed to send his son, his light, his son, Jesus Christ, on a rescue mission into the darkness. Look at verse 9. True light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so here the light has come. And he's shining his light in a dark world. And he's calling you by name, saying, come out. Come to the light. Allow me to give you life. It's only found in me. Now this light, John tells us in chapter 1, it wasn't, it wasn't John the Baptist in verse uh, six, 6 through 8. Okay, the word John is mentioned there. There there was a man sent from God whose name was John. It's not the Apostle John that John's writing about here. It's John the Baptist. It is the cousin of Jesus who came before Jesus. He's just three months older than Jesus. But he came, he was called by God to be the witness of the light, to prepare the way for the true light in Jesus Christ. So, here we see in verse 10, the polarization of Jesus Christ. Verse 10 says, And he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. So think of that that for a moment. God has made everybody... He knows each and every person. He knows them by name. He, he made them and called them by name while, before they, while they were in their mother's womb. He knows each and every person. And yet the creation has rejected the life and the life of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus is the life and life church, it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of light and spiritual darkness. God launched a polarization busting movement in the first century. And we need to pick up where he left off today. Church, we know the truth. And we can't afford to be ashamed of the truth. It's the gospel of Christ and only the gospel that can change the heart of man. Jesus is the light and the life. The next thing that Jesus wants us to know is that Jesus is our Savior, God. Look at verses 12 and 13. But to all who did not receive him, 
who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John wants us to know that Jesus is our Savior God. Again, Jesus created all things, both visible and invisible. Jesus created both physical and spiritual. And Jesus creates his own spiritual family as well. If you're a child of God this morning, it wasn't by your will. It wasn't by your choice. It was by Jesus' choice. It was by God's will. How? How are we born as a child of God into his family? The Bible says, by believing. Verse 12 again. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, believed in his name, who he claimed to be, that he was God, that he was the only one who could take away sin, that he is the only one who can truly bring you life and light. If you believe that, no, it's, it's not just a, an intellectual belief that, yeah, he was some figure in history. No. You've got to believe that he was God. And he came on a rescue mission to save you. And that you knew that you were in need of that rescue mission. If you believe him and his name, the Bible says that you become a child of God. And then look at verse 12, verse 13 again. And this birth, it wasn't of your blood, nor of your will, nor the will of man, but of God. You know what that means, friend? That means before you ever existed, before the foundations of the world, God knew that you were going to be here today. And before time began, God chose you. And God gave you the will to believe in Him. God's light showed his life came and you at a certain period of time chose to believe but God gave you that faith before time began. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 through 6 says he chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him 
in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. It's the praise of his glorious grace which he has blessed us and the beloved. Jesus is our Savior God. And Jesus did all the saving before time ever even began. It was His will for you to become His child. But it required you to believe that He is the one and only God that can forgive you, that can take away your sins, that you could be called His own. That's grace. It's not based on your works. And some of you know how hard you've worked to be accepted by Him, and it will never, ever work the only thing that you can do, my friend, is as I surrender. My way isn't working and I'm tired. Jesus, I needed you to do this for me. I believe. And I want to depend on you now, God, and not my own personal resources. Your resources won't get you anywhere. It's Jesus who is the life and the light. He is our Savior God. And He alone is the one who can save you. And so in verse 14, we've looked at Jesus as our human God. In verse 18, we've seen that God is our only God. And I want to leave us here this morning with this last point. Jesus is our relational God. He longs to have a relationship with you. So much so that he was willing to sacrifice his own life. Shed all of his blood for your salvation. And he proved that he could forgive. He proved that he was God, that he was the creator, he was the savior, by three days later coming forth from that grave. He was resurrected. He is our eternal God, and he is today sitting at the right hand of the Father, mediating for us, interceding for us. And one day, we're going to be with him for all eternity. And he wants you there. I want you to see the intimacy between God the Father and God the Son in verse 18. Verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. And in some translations it says, who is in the Father's bosom. We're talking about intimate relationship between God the Son and God the Father. 
And that's the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with them. Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, make them one as we are one. God wants us to be in intimate fellowship, eternal fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He's in a relational God. Do you know him? Jesus is your creator God. Jesus is your eternal God. Jesus is your Savior, God. Jesus is your only God. And He's the only one that can calm the storm. You feel demoralized? Does life got you down? All that's happening in our world these days can be really overwhelming. But my friend, we serve a sovereign God. And you know what? When it looks like everything's falling apart, God's putting it all together. He has a sovereign plan. I know for some of you, It hasn't been working. God wants you to know this morning that God the Father sent the Son on a rescue mission for you. He is the life. He is the very essence of what life is all about. And He means He has created you to be able to live that kind of life. But if you continually reject him, the Bible says you are living in spiritual darkness. You're going to end up spiritually dead for all eternity. Come to Jesus. He can calm the storm. I don't promise you that he'll make your life easier. In many ways, he will probably make your life harder. But you have life like you've never had it before. Because the light is in you. Jesus. Pray with me, please. God, thank you for your grace. You're here this morning, and you're you're a child of God. Would you just tell him right now in this moment, Jesus, thank you for choosing me. Thank you. It was all your grace, God. We didn't deserve it. But this morning we say thank you. God, I pray for the person 
who's been struggling, whose life is broken, is at another dead end? My friend, if I'm describing you this morning, I want to just encourage you, don't try Jesus. No. Surrender. Say in your heart, Jesus, you are Lord. God, come into my life. Fix. God, I've broken. Forgive me of my sin. Help me, God. Truly know who Jesus is. One step at a time. Help me to obey. And my friend, you were sincere about that prayer. He hurts you. Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. And you become a child of God. Welcome to family. We're here to help you grow. If you're watching elsewhere, you don't live in Ridgecrest, find a church that preaches and believes the Word of God. You need a spiritual family. But if you're here in Ridgecrest or in your current or close by, we're here for you. My friend, come home. Learn to live and grow and relate with other children of God in God's family here at Emmanuel. Thank you, Father, for your word this morning. Help us not to be ashamed. It's only the gospel that can transform lives. God, we live in a culture that doesn't believe you. and They don't have the view that we've got. And our view is an amazing view. Helps us tell others the truth. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to sing a song that is appropriate for this message this morning. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Let's worship him this morning.